Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, we break down Disney's Investor Day. The crew from Mass Effect Adventum stop by and we share final thoughts on the Game Awards. All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the pop culture cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, 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 can give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, or do whatever you can to support us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break, or Game Source, it is truly appreciated. Plus, if you can also stop by, if you are interested and are able in your state to play daily fantasy sports, go ahead and stop by our new friends at ThriveFantasy.com or Thrive Fantasy on your mobile app. Just go ahead and download it right away. What we'll do for you is if you type in the code LFB on your first deposit, as long as it's $20 or more, Thrive Fantasy will match it up to $50. That's right. They'll match it up to $50 if you type in the code LFB. So if you're into Major League Baseball, the NFL, which is in week 14 right now, NBA, PGA, or eSports, you get to pick your favorite people that you want to go for right there each and every day. That's daily fantasy sports that's available now, sports betting, right now at Thrive Fantasy. Please go ahead and use the code LFB on checkout, and you go ahead and hopefully be a great winner today. But it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without my good friend. He is still joshing around each and every time for us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com. His great book, Congratulations, You Suck, which you can still get on Amazon and Barnes Noble for a great holiday gift, plus his show's Topic Ocalypse and the Super BS Gamescast. It is my good friend indeed. It is Josh Peterson. And Josh, thanks for coming back on the show one more time. Yeah, grab that copy. Congratulations, you suck. Shove it in those stockings. Shove it in that hot chocolate when you're uh, decorating the tree. Put it on that Christmas train. Hang it outside by the lights. Just get as many copies as you can and just give it to everybody. What if I get it for Kindle? Then, I don't know. I have nothing prepared for that. That's what I thought. Thought I'd throw you off there. <laughs> I mean, if it's a Kindle Oasis, you're fine. Then you know, at that point, it's waterproof, right? <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, just 
decorate the house with them. We're good. There you go, indeed. Also with us as well is a good man. He's here especially because we've got some big things to talk about today when it concerns Disney. He is the man, indeed, from Castle FPV. At Castle FPV on the Twitter and Instagram, it is the guy who hosts with me the PC Multiverse. It is Marcus De La Garza. And Marcus, thanks for coming on today's show because we're here today to talk a lot of Disney. We had so much that we couldn't cover on the Friday show, so I had to make sure I came back so that we could all discuss it together. I feel like our joint episodes are some of our, my favorites, at least. So looking forward to this one. There's some of my favorites as well. And again, I truly appreciate everybody watching and listening out there. Big shout out to Tina Marie Trimpert, who's giving us a shout out right now. Cannot thank you enough for watching. Indie Pods United, she's hard at work with the entire crew for Indie Pods United 2021. So stay tuned for some great announcements in the coming months and weeks and days for Indie Pods United. So please check that out, IndiePodsUnited.com. On today's show, we're going to go ahead and cover some of the highlights of Disney's Investor Day 2020. Plus also the great crew of Mass Effect Adventum. They're going to stop by here and talk some great things about their show. So I truly appreciate them stopping by. That's Naeem Stewart, Emily Jacobson, and Burt Jennings. They took an opportunity to stop by, so I'm going to talk to them here on the back half of the hour. And then we're going to close out the show with some thoughts on the Game Awards, including finally an official reveal for the next Mass Effect. Speaking of Mass Effect, this is going to be a Disney on the front half and Mass Effect on the other. But we're going to be talking about a lot of things today that's pop culture related because Disney did drop basically an info bomb the other night on Thursday. It just wave after wave of information on things that they had not previously talked about and some things that they had. So we're going to go ahead and break it down real quick. And guys, I want you to go ahead and keep on the line to feel free to interrupt me because I'm just going to be reading off this massive Excel spreadsheet. I took a lot of time in going back and bringing up the latest news and information that was first thing, because I'm now going into Disney Plus with obviously, first and foremost, The Mandalorian Season 3 is going to drop around Christmas time in 2021, so beware for that. It's going to come out basically a year from now, so it's going to be a little bit of a longer delay. Obviously, with what's going on with coronavirus, has slowed things down a bit. Andor, just before the, the events of Rogue One with Diego Luna coming in 2022. I know there was some footage shown on that. In fact, there was some footage shown a little bit and some not to investors only and some to the regular public as well what were your thoughts on andor okay so is this a series or is this a movie it's a series okay i i love the world of rogue one i just don't know how bad i wanted to like go back to the build-up to it you know like i felt like i got enough of that build-up in you know the the star wars prequels so I don't know, like, it, I have a problem with prequels and the fact where I already know where they're going. Like, I'm not a huge fan of prequels. I don't know how I feel about this. Like, I like the idea of new content in that movie universe, but I'm not too keen on going back to what happened before when I already know where it went. Marcus, do you have any thoughts on it? Because Rogue One is considered by many to be the best of the new movies that came out of Star Wars. I thought... With most of them, outside of The Rise of Skywalker, for me, they're like seven, seven and a half movies. So uh, Rise of Skywalker was beneath that. But your thoughts on Andor? Yeah, this should be a fun series. You know, I'm kind of with Josh in the sense of 
I wasn't as excited when I first thought about it, but you know, just jumping back into this, I don't want to call it lore, but the end of the storyline and kind, kind of giving us more to consume here should be profitable for Disney. I don't know if it's something that I would be doing. It feels like you're double dipping on that entire storyline and it, it, it could be great. It could be, uh, it could not go well. And I'm just going to wait and see how it plays out, man. Well, Caleb's right. It is uh, being overseen by Tony Gilroy, who directed the original Bourne trilogy. So obviously that's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. Next thing is the Rangers of the New Republic, which is going to take place right in and around the Mandalorian era. So that's something that I think has been hinted on already when it comes to the actual series. Ahsoka, I think that's the one that people are looking forward to most. Obi-Wan, which is going to take place 10 years after the Revenge of the Sith, with Ian McGregor obviously coming back to the role. Josh, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Hayden okay, Christensen, have... which has been the yeah. talk from everybody, is coming back as Darth Vader. So I want to you know, hear your thoughts on Hayden Christensen. Did you need more of him? Were you going to get okay. him? Here's the thing, all right. Hayden Christensen, to me, I honestly believe that he is a good actor. He was just handed a really bad script that really messed up his career. Star Wars Episode Two is okay. Star Wars Episode Three was like a showcase of his whining. If you actually go back and count how many times he, he yells Padme during the movie, it's more than Obadiah yelled Tony in Iron Man 1. But I just, I honestly, like, I think that he had a lot of potential, but that those Star Wars films kind of broke him or broke his career. This is funny to me because, like, they're like, oh, hey, Hayden Christensen's coming back, but he's playing Darth Vader, so you won't know that it's him. We're just letting you know it could possibly not be him, but we're just going to attach his name to the credits. Yeah, it's just it's kind of weird to. I feel bad for Ewan McGregor, though, tying his horse back to Hayden Christensen one more time. It's uh, one of those things I would be worried about my career moving forward. It already had one impact and don't want it to make it make a, a second appearance. But, you know, the fact that they're coming back to him, really looking forward to. And this Obi-Wan series is going to be something really to maybe uh, take the place of the Mandalorian in a few years. I am excited about the Obi-Wan series. I on, I'll be honest, like when I got online after the the investor meeting happened, I immediately looked at all the Star Wars announcements and had instant anxiety because like I am not going to have time to watch all these. You know, like I was getting I saw Mandalorian, I was like, "All right, I'm back into Star Wars." But then there's so much here that I just I feel overwhelmed by it. It's easy to feel overwhelmed because you're going to be seeing 10 series coming up in the Star Wars realm and also a lot more from Marvel on the way. And we'll talk about that here in a minute. But to finish off the Star Wars series, because I know we need to go through this a little bit quicker fashion. Let's go with Star Wars The Bad Batch, which is a spinoff from the Clone Wars series. I know a lot of people have a great interest in that one because the Clone Wars was such a huge success. Star Wars Visions, which intrigues me because it's going to be dealt with in the anime realm. It's going to be an anime, so I'm looking really forward to Star Wars Visions and seeing what hybrid of Star Wars and anime, so I'm looking forward to that. Also as well, you got a Lando series, but no Donald Glover announced. And I'm going to tell you right now, if, if Donald Glover isn't a part of it because he killed it as Lando and was one of the best parts of Solo, I'm going to be very disappointed. I'm just going to be very disappointed. That'll be a big loss if he's not involved. Exactly. I, I think he's just the charisma this man has. He's just a great actor. I, I think if they don't make him, a, or if they don't back up the Brinks truck and pay him to be Lando, then basically it's going to be a very disappointing time indeed. The Acolyte, which is going to take place in the final days of the High Republic era, that's coming to Disney+. And a droid story. 
that's going to be an animated series which includes your two favorite droids and mine r2d2 and c3po so a lot of series there for star wars any thoughts on, on the sheer amount i know josh has already said he's got a lot of anxiety on how he's going to keep up with a star wars series but marcus any thoughts on the star wars series before we head on no, I was just going to say, you know, we've got the next 10 years to look forward to all this content for, you know, if I remember correctly, they were saying this is not a... 10 years. This is going to be within the next three or four. Oh, I thought they were saying that all this content was the roadmap for the next no, 10. That's their, no, oh. that's, that's for that's This is all yeah, like that... 2022, 2023 and 2024. That ratchets up the anxiety a lot then. You know, how do you keep up with any of this if you're looking at at least 10 bullet points right here, if not more, for uh, everything we just talked about? So, yeah, very excited to see all this. But, you know, in a short amount of time, it looks like Disney's really, really, really prepped for the long haul at home with either pandemic conditions or the recovery from. Well, their goal each year is to bring 100 new items to Disney Plus in the uh, different formats that they have each year. So... Hopefully they'll go ahead and be able to accomplish that goal because something you guys and I have talked about is Disney Plus's lack of new content. So definitely going to have to see if that takes place and they'll go ahead and meet up to those lofty expectations. But also announced from Lucasfilm and it is going to be a Willow series coming in 2022 and Indiana Jones 5, the final adventure for Indiana Jones coming in July of 2022. I will be sad to see Harrison Ford go. Let me ask you this, Josh. If Indiana Jones 5 is done, the final episode for Harrison Ford, which it should be because, you know, he's he's going to be approaching 80 here. Should they recast the role and go on to new adventures? I would, personally. I think so. I mean, uh, he, he has a son, right? I wouldn't want Shia LaBeouf. I think they should keep going with it. Yes, they just need to find somebody who is more reliable with the role. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. You've heard others, but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Witness the hubris as they claim to be the world's authority on comic book movies. Who said that? Never said that. We've never said that. Who cares? A jock said that. Comic book, TV, movie, reviews, news, and whatever they choose. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Seriously, people really listen to this. Uh, jock and Nerd! Well, I'll tell you what, there's so much more to talk about. We haven't even gotten to Marvel yet. So before we go ahead and hit Marvel, we got to go ahead and take care of Pixar. Starts off with Pixar Popcorn Shorts. Car spinoff series is 2022. That's something I'm not excited for at all because I didn't like the Cars movies very much. But I know a lot of younger kids will really enjoy that. Doug Days from Up. That's going to be fall of 2021. Win or Lose, which is an original Pixar series, which is an original IP for them based off of, I think, a middle school co-ed baseball team, if I'm not mistaken. That's going to be in 2023. Luca of Italian Heritage, that's going to be a Luca movie. That's going to be coming in June 2021. Turning Red movie, that's going to be March 2022. And Lightyear, based off the movie, which was the premise for the toy Buzz Lightyear in the Toy Story series, voiced by Chris Evans in the role of Lightyear. So I want to hear your thoughts on that with Chris Evans in the role of Lightyear coming up June 2022 for Pixar. 
Definitely not original content, but it's an interesting take on the storyline that is Buzz Lightyear. You know, making a story about the man that the toy is made, made off of is definitely a couple layers deep. It feels like we're doing a little bit of a Inception thing here, but really kind of looking forward to this. And just the reaction that I've seen thus far has been pretty positive. I, I, I don't know about you guys, but Buzz Lightyear is a big name for my youth years. I was excited to see this one. So we go from the... Chris Evans as Lightyear, so we finally got over to Kevin Feige, and I think what a lot of people were really truly waiting for, although the Star Wars stuff got a lot of people excited, I think a lot of people were waiting to see what Kevin Feige would pull out of his hat, so he pulled a lot out of his hat, stuff that we didn't even know about, it. so guys, staying on for this, starts off with the stuff that we already know about, like WandaVision coming next month on the 15th, starting that series, Falcon and the Winter Soldier coming March of 2021, Loki got to see finally some footage from not only Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but Loki. Your thoughts on Loki and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Josh? I mean, I'm excited. I just I saw the trailer for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like it has all the elements that we've come to know and love from those two characters. You know, it has the the big action scenes. It has a what would you call it? Like a um, the Winter Soldier has his like groove back. It feels like by watching those trailers. The Falcon has never been like my absolute favorite character, but they've done a great job of developing him. I've always loved the dynamic between him and Bucky and just seeing like how they've grown. Their characters have been have grown and been developed over the course of the movies. And now we get to see it more isolated. And I'm really excited about that. Looking forward to the rollout of the series, seeing how how it's uh, received. It's something that, you know, I think we're all kind of something we've been talking about here and, and uh, looking forward to seeing what happens. Uh, they're both very interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out and how they're going to go ahead and develop the MCU through those two series. That is Falcon and Winter Soldier coming in March and Loki coming in May of next year. The What If series is very interesting. Not necessarily because it's going to expand anything in the MCU, but all the possibilities of what they created for the What If series coming in summer of 2021. Then we get into the movies after what was described by Kevin Feige. Shang-Chi, that's going to be coming July 9th, 2021. Looking forward to that. No footage shown. Was kind of disappointed by that, but Shang-Chi is coming in July. I have a feeling they're going to be showing off something in the not-too-distant future for that. Miss Marvel series was basically they, they announced the lead actress for the role of Miss Marvel. So she was obviously very excited when she got the news. It's a brand new actress to the scene. And she's also going to be a part of Captain Marvel 2, which is already in some stage of development at this point in time. Eternals, they talked about that coming in November 2021. And still, we haven't seen a thing from that movie, which I was kind of disappointed as well. Because they, I know that movie, they've got already basically on the shelf sitting waiting to go ahead and be played it's another movie that's been sitting for a while so um, i'm trying to understand why they haven't shown any footage of that maybe because again it's not coming out for another 11 months so we'll see what happens there going forward with the eternals coming up after that they talked about of course the hawkeye series which is being filmed right now i think in new york if i'm not mistaken with jeremy renner and Haley steinfeld is going to be playing the role of kate bishop she hulk was announced of course that was something that was already expected but tim roth and mark ruffalo tim roth as the abomination and mark ruffalo appearing alongside in in roles guest starring or in case of tim roth could be a little bit longer mark ruffalo is going to be making an appearance 
to support She-Hulk, and this is something I think that's going to be very interesting. Could we see She-Hulk along with Daredevil in Spider-Man 3? That's something to be talked about since that's, they're both att attorneys. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, Kevin Feige's, like, nods to Daredevil, and, like, there, there's there been some, like, subtle nods towards, like, Charlie Cox's Daredevil. You know, a lot of people, he's he was asked about that after Kevin Feige talked about it, and he said he has no comment. So it makes me wonder... Could be cool to have him come back. I really enjoyed that iteration of Daredevil. Thought it was great. Well, I know the invitations for us are coming soon for Spider-Man 3 because they seemingly are inviting everyone else. But again, then again, I touched on that on Friday's show. It's so funny because all the different elements of that because of the Spider-Verse being blown up and the multiverse exploding and how it was mentioned that the Spider-Man movie is going to intertwine with the multiverse in that aspect. And, and that was actually mentioned during the Disney's investors meeting. There's going to be something that we're talking about here, Moon Knight, but Oscar Isaac, even though in all the trade papers, Oscar Isaac was confirmed as playing Moon Knight, that was very concerning that his name was not dropped on the Moon Knight series in the Disney Investor Meeting, but even though Deadline, Hollywood Reporter, Variety, all the reliable trade sources had already named that Oscar Isaac was already being bandied about and confirmed as Moon Knight. So I want to hear your thoughts on Moon Knight with no Oscar Isaac attached as of yet. It's very early in the show's production still. I mean, I, I, I'm I, sure Oscar Isaac is is going to play the part. He's already, like, talked about it. So, I mean, I don't have any reason to doubt he won't play it unless there are, like, some last-minute contract snags. But this is another show that I'm pretty excited about because he's kind of like the minor league hero of the Marvel Universe. So I'm kind of excited to see what they do with him. I'm kind of excited as well. It's going to be very interesting how... This plays out for Moon Knight and Oscar Isaac. If he's still attached, will he be officially announced? We'll wait and see. But that's something to look forward to with a Moon Knight series coming in the not-too-distant future. I think 2023 is going to be the start date for that. Maybe 2022. We'll see what happens there. Secret Invasion series. Now, this was something that we had been talked about, a Nick Fury series, but we didn't know what it was going to involve. That had been heavily rumored. It's going to be something that I think is going to be very interesting to see. So I want to hear your thoughts, Marcus, on Secret Invasion with Ben Mendelsohn and Samuel L. Jackson, which I'm excited he's going to play Nick Fury. Anytime he plays Nick Fury, it just really just enhances the Marvel Cinematic It does. And this is one of those ones that just having him back along brings a lot of credibility to, to the project alone. I think just having his name tied to it. So, uh, you know, it's it's... It's something that it's gonna. I think it's gonna bring in a whole bunch of viewership. You know, back to Marvel. Not like they've lost any, anyways. But this is gonna be a, a, a fun series here. So looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to it as well. The Secret Invasion series, which I think got my one of my my other daughters excited about that as well. I don't know about you guys, but like, they have this is a an event series, right? So I mean, I'm just curious, like, if this is going to go the same way as Civil War and really like not be tied into the comics at all. They're going to be, what, looking at those who have shapeshifted and become a part of the society in, 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 in several important areas. Let's say, like, politics, law enforcement, government, things of that nature. And they're going to go after them because they're doing nefarious things. It's a small group of, of scrolls that are doing some nefarious things, I think. And that's what Ben Mendelsohn and Samuel Jackson will be doing and going after. I think that's the premise of it. Yeah, because the original comic books, were, it was just like an eight-issue run, if, yeah. Uh, right? Yeah, and then they just had a couple tie-in books and or a couple uh, tie-in comic books. Yeah, yeah, they all had like two or three issues tied into it. 
but yeah uh, yeah it was interesting because captain marvel flipped it right is i don't remember who who the other side was but i mean the scrolls were basically made into the the good guys in captain marvel so that was kind of a weird switch up absolutely so it's gonna be something very interesting to see the secret invasion it's a secret it's a secret invasion that's going to be coming in the not too distant future with samuel l jackson and tim mendelson reprising their roles an ironheart series didn't go too much into detail on that but an ironheart series is coming as well to disney plus and after that also was announced armor wars which was announced with war machine don Cheadle taking up and leading this series it's going to be something that was described as if Tony Stark's worst fears were found that basically uh, a lot of Stark industry tech got into the wrong hands and that war machine, Don Cheadle, in order to honor memory of his friend, goes after these individuals, these organizations that have all the stolen Stark tech. So I think that's going to be the premise of Armor Wars. Your thoughts on Armor Wars didn't sound like you see too enthused. Yeah, just it feels weird, you know, bringing him back. They must have backed the Brinks truck up to his house and made sure they dumped all that money out to get him back tied to the, the Marvel I'll Cinematic Universe. Yeah, no, and honestly, you know, him as Rhodey was my favorite rendition. I know that doesn't carry a lot of weight with a, a lot of the fan base, but I really enjoyed him. So bringing him back is something that's going to be fun to see. So again, we've got a lot of stuff going on when it comes to Marvel series that weren't announced already. So that's very interesting. A Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Are you ready? I am. I know Marcus is. Are you ready for a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special? And do you think they'll poke fun at the Star Wars holiday special while doing so? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, this feels like it's primed to make fun of the Star Wars holiday special. Will I watch it? Yes, I will watch it. Um, I'm just curious what kind of, like, is it a show? Is it like a movie film or a TV film? Like, it's just, it's so mysterious. They're going to be filming it during the process of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. So it'll just probably be some extra shooting that they'll be doing. Could be like a 90 minutes mini movie or something, a 90 minute show, a 90 minute movie or something like that. Maybe an hour. Who knows what it's going to end up being, but it's going to be something I think they're going to poke a lot of fun at. I think it's going to be a lot better and get a lot more well reception than the Star Wars holiday special. And I think that's the point. But look for the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special in Christmas of 2022. I Am Groot animated shorts. That's also going to be coming in a period of time to Disney+. Plus. Look for that. Thor Love and Thunder is, again, like I said, going to be starting production in January. And that is, has got a release date of May 6th of 2022. They talked a little bit, uh, again, about reminding us about Blade with Mahersha Ali, the excellent actor. Looking forward to a revision of Blade. Would love Wesley Snipes as again we've talked about this Josh and Marcus about the handler being played by Wesley Snipes. Uh, I think that would be an awesome way to go ahead and honor him, as Wesley Snipes is still very active in the Hollywood community. So definitely would be a great thing to see him play that role of the handler for Blade. But we'll wait and see on that one. Ant Man and the Wasp. That's going to be called Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania, and I think that they confirmed Jonathan Majors playing the role of Kane the Conqueror. Marcus, do you think Kane the Conqueror will make an appearance at some earlier point in time before Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania? Or is he going to be debuting there? Because there, there's a lot of time variance things that are going on, especially in Loki. 
I'm trying to think through this. Would the storyline dictate he has to show up before, or at least make a, an appearance at some point, right? Whether that's a full-on, you know, 10-minute appearance or, you know, just a quick blip on screen at the end of a movie. I'm going to lean more heavily towards he's going to show up uh, at the ladder there. So, yeah, We'll wait and see on that one. Once again, that's Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Black Panther 2. They will not recast Black Panther. I think that was the the obvious thing that they should do, and the most respectful the thing right that thing. they should do yeah. is not recast the role. Fantastic Four was the one movie I think a lot of people were really surprised at. Uh, you know, obviously it's something that they had talked about or been rumored, but they finally said that it is now going to be a part of the MCU. That is officially part of the MCU. They haven't mentioned anything X Men yet, Josh, but they did mention Fantastic Four with John Watts who directed the recent spider-man films at the helm yeah i mean i'm i'm excited about this like i had high hopes for the you know the josh trank fantastic four and they ended up being incredibly disappointing it makes sense like fantastic four honestly like had marvel and disney owned it way back when it it's one of the foundational films like they're the foundational family of marvel and that should have been done a long time ago so i'm just hoping that like it's done in a way that really incorporates them into what's already been established with the MCU. And, you know, on the subject of X-Men, yeah, I was kind of hoping to see something from them, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I'm sure they'll make some more announcements in the coming months. And we already talked about in recent weeks about Deadpool 3 signing up the Bob's Burgers writers. So, you know, they're already starting something up there, but they didn't mention that also in Disney Adventures Day 2020. So it's kind of disappointed by that or a surprise appearance by Ryan Reynolds, per se. It's a great time with Disney Investors Day 2020. If you have any thoughts, please, like Caleb Richardson, much props to you for your entire comments the whole way. And I want to go ahead and say coming up next on the show, we have the folks from Mass Effect and Ventum coming up. Burt Jennings, Naeem Stewart, and Emily Jacobson from Mass Effect and Ventum. They're coming up next right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos. Video game box art, the stories behind the covers in which we talk to the illustrators and artists who are responsible for gaming's most iconic images. Don't forget to check out Video Game Box Art, the stories behind the covers, celebrating gaming's most iconic images from the people who created them. This and many more from Rob McCallum Films. All right, and we're back with the program. It's Gerald coming right back at you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. I am so excited because about six months ago, I reached out to these great folks, but they're so busy in a galaxy, <laughs> in an Andromeda far, far away, that they finally got back to me. And I do appreciate them for doing so because out of the thousands of places I go ahead and reach, I never expect to get anything back as far as an interview is concerned, but I'm always grateful when I do. And especially excited because as everyone knows on this show, that's listened to this show, I am an unabashed fan of the Mass Effect universe and a place that I like to go to and, a, and actually a show that I nominated for the Indie Pods Awards for the one of the best independent podcasts of 2020. And it is considered one of the best 50 podcasts of 2020. It's a great show yes. indeed. You got to go ahead and check out MassEffectAdventum.com. That'll lead you right to the Podbean account right there for them. This awesome show, this tabletop RPG adventure. I know I do a couple on the own as far as d and I've done Star Wars. I know I got a lot set up as far as the Mass Effect universe. I'd love to delve into it at some point in time. But these are the pros of the Mass Effect universe <laughs> when it comes to RPG. It is Emily Rose Jacobson, 
Naeem Stewart and Burt Jennings. And guys, I just truly appreciate you being part of the program today. I want to go ahead first off and uh, actually, Naeem, since you came on first, I want to ask you, how did Mass Effect Eventum really start? Because this is a game, I mean, you had to build this from scratch. I mean, there, there's no set company, no set rules, not like, yeah. uh, you know, Wizards of the Coast is, is pining for this or Modifius is actually going ahead and, and built something around this. This was done, homebrew RPG adventure that was really done and created and accentuated by you and your great crew that's out there. Yeah, so <laughs> it's a funny story. It kind of just was asking Bert one night, hey, you want to just do RPG for fun? And I was like, we want to do something in Mass Effect universe. And it, his eyes just blew up of just the thought of doing it. And then, of course, we had a couple of friends, Emily, Tanea, Evan, and Matt. They were all in on it, too, because they're Mass Effect fans, of course. So we just started out just doing it for fun. And we're still doing it for fun, obviously. It shows the, the love that all of you have for the Mass Effect universe because you've been able to keep alive this universe that... For a long time, especially after the bad feelings in Mass Effect Andromeda was kind of, mm-hmm. uh, I want to say life, on life support, but definitely in need of a lot of help. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no content at the time, well, still technically right now, there's no content out for Mass Effect, new Mass Effect, Mass Effect content. And we were just like, make up our own story. And hopefully, you know, if people like it, fine, that's great. If not, then as long as we're having fun, then that's the whole goal of it. So... That's how it shaped up. I never expected it to like blow up like this, <laughs> well, but uh, it has blown up. Know? I mean, because you've become a corner of the RPG universe. Not only thousands and thousands of people support you on social media worldwide, but Emily, uh, I'm telling you, the response that your show gets, uh, the reactions, the fact that you were able to have the voice actor that portrays Shepard in the first episode for this season, season two, that's got to be a great honor as well. Oh man, that was that was amazing. Lab. I've improvised with Mark before. So and I told him about Mass Effect Adventum when I had done a show with him in LA. And that was about I think I think maybe like eight months before we had him on. So it was kind of like, oh yeah, by the way, next time you're in LA, uh, we do this or you just want to call in on Zoom or something. And so as soon as quarantine started, I believe we were all talking, we're like, you know what? Let's just shoot our shot. It's lockdown, it's quarantine. We're recording this all virtually anyways because we used to actually do it all at the same table so when we were recording it over zoom it was like you know what why not send him an email and let's see if we can make this happen and lo and behold it did happen and mark delivers such an amazing performance in that he really kicks off the season and it's so good and he was just such a joy to play with and he has definitely expressed like interest to come back so that was also another amazing opportunity that we can pursue hopefully someday well that's awesome to hear indeed And once again, I'm with the great folks from Mass Effect Adventum. You got to catch this awesome RPG podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts, Mass Effect, just like the video game series that is coming back alive once again. It was officially announced at the Game Awards, and I know everybody's excited, although we kind of got a hint on that on N7 Day. But Bert, Mm -hmm. I want to ask you this, your time with Mass Effect Adventum, it's, it's helped scratch that itch over the course of the past few years because i know mass effect Andromeda for many did not scratch that itch because of all the issues that and all the concerns <laughs> and the fact that now you could probably get it for two or three dollars wherever you get your, your video games 
But I want to go into the fact that Mass Effect is coming out a new version. Obviously, it's still 2, 3, and the way, if it's anything like Cyberpunk, 5, 7 years away, unfortunately, <laughs> as we yeah. found out from Cyberpunk, which was originally announced so many years ago. But I want to hear your thoughts on a new Mass Effect. Casey Hudson, who was the mastermind behind the Mass Effect universe, just walked away from this yeah. from bioware for the second time not the first it's the second time and he was such a guiding force in the mass effect universe are you concerned that at the very beginnings of production for this video game that it could be a problem going forward for the mass effect series yeah look i i, I want to be i want to maintain a positive energy because what you put in is what you you know get out right but at the same point it's really important for everyone to make sure that they are going into it with the Mass Effect love that they have. And I say that from both a fan perspective of like people going to it, like, hey, enjoy the things you like if you can, right? Enjoy it. But also for like the development team, like one of the biggest things that, you know, we all love Mass Effect, at least the original trilogy for a reason. And like, go to your core principles, go to the things that people like. Like you wanna obviously with any game expand, Develop new things, improve, grow, but at the same point, don't lose sight of the thing that makes you what you are. Give me all the species that I know and love. Like, and I get it, I understand, but like one of my biggest things with Andromeda was there's all this rich lore, all these great interactions, all these different species. And the fact that I was like, well, wait, where, are this, where are the Corians? Why are they not here? And like having like a crucial element just not be present to me is just, it's such a letdown. So I'm excited. I am excited. I'm very excited. But let's take it with a grain of salt until it shows up. And then when we play it, hopefully it's amazing. Naeem, would you like to see a return to Shepard? I mean, going back to the, maybe let's say the Shepard universe to the mm -hmm. galaxy that we're more familiar with instead of yeah. jettisoning thousands and thousands of light years away, jettisoning back to this universe maybe is a step in the right direction, I would say would be the first thing. But what would your best advice be to give to Bioware right now? Stick to what works in the original trilogy in terms of story. I did like how things looked in Andromeda, as well as the races that were shown. It, it was pretty cool, but there was just a lack of in uh, Andromeda as opposed to the, the first three. So I think if they were to stick to their guns and just follow the formula they established in the first three uh, games, as well as possibly build off of that, but still keep the core elements that worked in the game, then I, I think it would be fine. And I'm I'm fine with possibly not playing with Shepard. Just if you want to innovate, just play with other species or integrate uh, playing more than just a human. But in this uh, universe, it, in the universe that, you know, yeah. with all the, the, like Bert was talking about with all the different species and races that interacted yeah. with during that trilogy, even creating and expounding upon that, but using the yeah. basis that so many love and so many people out there are familiar with, that's probably what you want to go back to. Yeah, and I'm totally fine with either staying in the Milky Way galaxy or going to Andromeda or in another okay. galaxy. It's, yeah. it's totally fine. But just keeping what made Mass Effect great in the first three games is just the heart element. And like I said, I, I thought it was kind of lacking in that regard. Now, Emily, and, I wanted to ask you this. With Bioware's track record lately, it's, I see you in that motion, and yeah. unfortunately... <laughs> A lot of other people are in this motion as well because Bioware has not had the best track record lately. And I think also with Dragon Age 4 coming out in front of it, that's also an area of concern because how we perceive Dragon Age 4 and how it ultimately ends up being as a game 
may dictate the success ratio for Mass Effect going forward as well. I mean, with like I said, Casey Hudson, who was just a great part of it leaving, all these elements are now, we're, we're in a state of just really, uh, I don't know what, I don't want to say confusion, but uncertainty right now, I think is the answer I'm trying to look for. It's unbelievable. This is Bioware is also their 25th anniversary. This company has been through so much and has changed so much over the years. I mean, if you look at it, not a lot of the original team members are even attached to Dragon Age and Mass Effect anymore. Some people can see that's a negative. That could also be a positive because you have a bunch of new people bringing in their love for these franchises and bringing in this kind of these new ideas for them and hopefully it works out. I personally believe Dragon Age is going to be the Fisher Cup bait for Bioware. Dragon Age 4 has to blow everyone out of the water. I mean, Dragon Age Inquisition won game of the year in 2015. This next one has to do, well, Dragon Age 4 is carrying, I think, the future of Bioware on its shoulders. It has so much hype building up to it. It's also a big fan base. I mean, Mass Effect and Dragon Age are the two cornerstones of Bioware. And so this next one has to do well, because I'm, I'm worried that if Dragon Age 4 fails in the way that Andromeda failed, in the way that Anthem failed, then we may not even see that Mass Effect project, because also EA has a history of scrapping projects in general. I mean, we had a Mandalorian game that was possibly in development that got scrapped. There's been a lot of first person Star Wars games that have got scrapped, but we did get Jedi Fallen Order because a respawn out of it. So hopefully my hopes are just Dragon Age 4 does super duper well. I mean, the teaser looks really good, narrated by Varric. We got that nice shot of Solus at the end. The whole idea that this next character is not the chosen one, not the hero of Ferelden, not the Inquisitor with a magical hand, a your basic average person. I'm like, all right, we're kind of going back into this whole Shepard idea, this average human, this average person who is going to help save the world. So I really hope, yeah, the Bioware to me's strengths are relationships and uh, heart and story. If they can tap onto those three key things, the relationships are so crucial in Dragon Age and in Mass Effect. And if they do that well, I can see more success for Bioware. Maybe this is how they turn the corner. Absolutely. And it was also nice at the very end where in the snow, she dusts off and there's the N7 insignia right there mm-hmm. for you. So really uh, maybe a sign that the call once again will be there for N7 and and the whole nine yards coming back to the Mass Effect universe. I'm looking forward to that. And of course, you're right exactly 100% when you said Dragon Age 4 is going to be the litmus test of whether or not Bioware will still stay at that status of a top tier developer, or are they going to become an also-ran, which you know if you, as everybody has seen out there from the past in electronic arts means that they could be on life support and could be actually uh, just shut down as a company. I mean, we've seen the Dead Space developers. We've seen other developers from EA. If they're not meeting financial or critical standards, out they go. So always something to worry about there. But you're right. Dragon Age 4 is going to be very important for the future of Mass Effect and the Mass Effect game that's now in development. But getting to your game that all of you run, I want to go ahead and touch on that real quickly. And Bert, I'll start with you. The time that you guys spent right now during your current adventures is just, it's so much fun. Easy listening to get into. I always kind of relax when I I listen to you guys, even though you guys are just, depending on what's going on, the, the decisions that you make all over the place, anything is liable to happen. But I want to hear your thoughts on your sheer enjoyment that you have in playing Mass Effect Inventum and the adventures that you and your crew 
that everyone on uh, thus far this cast endures through every first of the month when a new episode drops. It's such a blast. Kind of touching on what Naeem was saying about just a lack of content. It was like dusting off the, kind of like our old Mass Effect lore, like remembering things and being like, oh yeah, this thing and that thing and like going to these places. And it, it just feels so fun to be going and playing in the sandbox again. And the beauty of what we're doing as a tabletop RPG session is you're not bound by any sort of game mechanics besides obviously the mechanics that we're doing so the thing that i love is all you know as the gm i'll i'll build out this like okay here here's like this rough scaffolding you know they can go here and maybe they can do this and like here's this thing and as soon as i like let them loose the players that is so emily and naeem and evan tanea and matt it just instantly falls apart and we're having to like figure it out in the moment and like, that's the beauty of doing something live where it's like, you know, we, we'll see where this goes. Yeah. Yes. And, and to me, that's what I love because I never know what to expect. And that's, this is like, it's, it is live. Like it's not scripted. So like during the moment, something happens. I'm like, well, all right, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Okay. And I'm just like constantly ripping up notes in the background. <laughs> I just never know what's going to happen. And, and I love it. And I love it. It keeps me on my toes. That's for sure. It does keep you on your toes, and we as listeners do appreciate every time that, you know, whether or not you're role-playing or you go into role-playing more or you go into your different voice changes depending on the species that you're playing or not, the sheer panic that comes into play when sometimes <laughs> you know, the wrong decision is made and how other crew members are really angry with other crew members. And that's something I want to ask you, Naeem, real quick. What can you do to tell people why your show is something that they should go ahead and check out? Well, as I said earlier, the sheer lack of content for in, within this universe is apparent. And if you all want to be back in that universe and hear exceptional storytelling and just awesome interactions with characters that you can hopefully fall in love with or just, just enjoy good story, you should definitely uh, check Mass Effect Adventum out. It's a wild ride, and I guarantee that this ride you will have so much fun listening absolutely it is a wild ride every time i get a chance to check it out emily your turn i want to go ahead and hear your thoughts on why people need to check out this awesome show obviously everyone on the staff everyone as part of the crew and cast has a great time in doing it and it comes across as such even when you're not trying to kill each other on air which actually is part of the fun with some people that love (laughs) to listen to that kind of stuff I want to ask mm-hmm. you this, though. Why do people need to check out your awesome show, Mass Effect Adventum? I would say if you're looking for a really great tabletop RPG podcast to get into, even if you're unfamiliar with the Mass Effect world, if you love sci-fi, if you love action, if you love that awesome trope of a ragtag group of strangers coming together, getting to know each other and learning something about themselves along the way, if you love action, if you like comedy, if you love romance, question mark, and if you love <laughs> a great special guest, like Mass Effect Adventum has got it all. And it's also like... It's one of the most amazing technically produced podcasts of all time. Like, it's not just us doing the voices. There's amazing background music. Naeem is an audio wizard and helps really transport us into becoming those species in that universe. So, yeah, if you love, even if you're unfamiliar with Mass Effect, I highly recommend you giving us a shot for some really awesome, enjoyable storytelling. There you go. And last but not least, Bert Jennings, I want you to go ahead and send us on out. Why do people need to check out, again, Mass Effect Event? 
Dang it. Emily stole like all my points that I wrote down. This she time. did a great job. It almost sounded like cover art on the back, on the box right there, all those quotes. <laughs> I'm just going to double down on this. I'm going to double down on this. I'm going to put the challenge out there. If you literally know nothing about Mass Effect, check this out. Because we've had plenty of people who've known nothing about it and have gotten into it and then thus started playing all the games. So if you know nothing and like Emily said, you just want to like a, you want to just listen to a podcast of people having fun playing a game in this kind of crazy sci-fi universe where literally anything can happen, give it a listen. And I have to also give full props to Naeem for all of the editing that he does, where it is it makes you when you're listening to it, it's we're just playing and having fun, but the extra love and care that Naeem puts into it to make it actually feel like you're back in that space between the different aliens having sounding like the species that they do, all of the added little touches, all of the little content that we that we put out in between episodes, it really makes you feel like you are a part of something bigger once you joined it. And and I think that's the best thing is it is just you're an extension everyone who listens and like interacts with us is just an extension of our group is how we feel. And so once you join in, join in on the fun. It's something that everybody should give a chance to check out. It is an awesome tabletop RPG podcast. They are in season two, and they mentioned, actually, Bert, was you that mentioned a heist right now. So if you want to go ahead and check out the latest episode, <laughs> eight episodes in, it is the Malaturn heist. But I would actually suggest you going from the beginning all the way back to season one. They've done a great job of, of making sure that you're going ahead and getting entertained, providing a great story each and every time out all the quirks, all the toss and turns, all the things that are brought in front of them, whether it's planned or not. It's just a great time indeed. It is, again, Mass Effect Adventum, voted by, well, actually myself as one of the top independent podcasts for 2020 from IndiePods United. It's actually one of the top 50. It was in our nominees, so they were nominated, and I truly appreciate everything that they've done. And I'm so glad to, uh, you know, like I said, have, have actually had the opportunity to listen to it but guys, I will tell you this. I'm truly appreciative of the time that you took for me today and also cannot thank you enough for being part of the show. Any last thoughts on the way out? Just uh, enjoy the ride. Like I said, thank you so much for having us. Of course, I never expected to be interviewed, but it's awesome. And definitely check us out. We have a lot more awesome content coming your way. Trust me. Oh, that sounds good. Mind. I'm excited already. You got me excited to hear more. Uh, I'm very intrigued. I will tell you what, it is Mass Effect Eventum, the best Mass Effect podcast that's out there, and one of the best tabletop RPG podcasts anywhere, in any genre, in any background. Please give it a listen today. Mass Effect Eventum, it is available wherever you get your podcasts. Be part of the thousands of people who already follow and listen to Mass Effect Eventum. Well, tell you what, everyone, I cannot thank you enough for being part of the show today and also being part of the pop culture cosmos. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. All right, and we're back with the show. It's Gerald Glasser coming right back at you. We're here to close out the pop culture cosmos for this week. Want to thank so much 
everyone that stopped by from Mass Effect Eventum, Burt Jennings, Naeem Stewart, and Emily Jacobson. Thank you so much for going ahead and being part of the broadcast today. Go ahead and check out your awesome show, Mass Effect Eventum, wherever you get your podcasts. If you're into a tabletop RPG adventure, there's no better place to go. Even our podcasts are pretty darn good as well, but Mass Effect Eventum, they really got it down pat, so you want to go ahead and check them out. One of the nominated shows for the best independent podcast of 2020. That's available wherever you get your podcasts. But before we head on out, guys, I know the Game Awards just recently happened, and Marcus and I were detailing it on the air as live as it was happening on the Friday show. That was really cool to update you. But Josh... The sound I want to hear from you is you patting yourself on the back because, my gosh, man, you called it. The safe pick was the right one. I mean, the odds were heavy on The Last of Us Part 2, and The Last of Us Part 2 won again. Yeah, it was a safe pick, but, I mean, look at 2020 critics right now, right? The Last of Us Part 2 hit every single checkbox. You know, it hit every single box that a critic would say would make a good story, make a good game, make this, this, or this, right? So it does not surprise me that Last of Us Part Two won. Apparently, people don't hate narrative games as much as everyone says they do. So that's kind of cool. The people out there, they truly love a great narrative, and I do as well. So The Last of Us Part Two obviously was the big winner, winning several awards, including Game of the Year. Kudos to Nandi Dog once again. That's another one on the shelf for them. More awards going on there. But before we head on out, Marcus and Josh, I want to go ahead and hit you up with this. There were some announcements, and the big ones that were made, the trailer announcements that were made, were Dragon Age 4. Perfect Dark is going to be remade again. And, of course, Mass Effect. We got to look at that. And before we go and get into Mass Effect, and again, this has been almost like a back half Mass Effect episode here, your thoughts, Marcus, on Dragon Age 4? Really going to be a, a fun game to see develop, and I mean the announcement itself brought a lot, a lot of energy. So, I mean, Gerald, where are you at with this one? I, I think this is going to be a must buy. I think basically with what was said on it in my interview with the awesome folks from Mass Effect Adventum, Emily Jacobson said it best. This is the litmus test for Bioware. If they're going to go yeah. ahead and proceed forward, and if they're going to go ahead and get the full blessing from fans out there on the next Mass Effect, Dragon Age 4 has got to kill it. It's got to kill it because they've had two bombs in a row and they've got to go ahead and kill it now. If I were them, I would put all my focus into the narrative because that is what is really going to save the ship. Josh, did you happen to see the Perfect Dark reimagining? I did. I've never been like a huge fan of these games, but like I'm intrigued now because like much like Ninja Theory's take on DMC, like it took a very dark concept and made it seem really gritty and so I'm, I'm really curious about it like it is something i do want to play well the perfect dark series took a turn for the worst because it was supposed to be the premiere game at the launch of the xbox 360 and i guess there was such a mass disappointment from gamers on it that they decided not to go back into it for a long long time i i, I don't know if rare is attached to this or not but it's nice to see that Perfect Dark is going to get some love once again. Hopefully it'll be better this time around with a reimagining of it. And last but not least, we'll cover this right now, and that is the official announcement, even though it was already alluded to on N7 Day, was the official announcement and trailer for Mass Effect. So Marcus, before Josh and I, who have talked about this ad nauseum, I want to go ahead and hear your thoughts on Mass Effect, which appears to have... I love the shot first off of having both the Andromeda and the Milky Way involved, which had oh, 
basically the old series, the trilogy that became famous, and then the Mass Effect Andromeda game. It evolved both in the beginning, but at the end focused more on characters that we're more familiar with in the Mass Effect trilogy. So if it's going to lean on something, it looks like it's going to lean more on the trilogy that is much more known and much more beloved. Yeah, I'm glad they're going to lean on the trilogy heavily. You know, the I'm really excited to see where the cinematic direction of this game goes. It's setting the stage for a whole bunch of great, you know, visuals and landscapes, especially in the new generation or the new console generation. So uh, help, please, folks, help. Give me a PS5 so that we can, <laughs> by the time this gets out, I at least have one we can start playing on well, it. So. You know, people are stealing them off of delivery trucks, so I don't know. It's going to be tough on that. But Josh, this is it, man. It's finally been officially announced. The trailer was there. And again, at the very end, it shows Liara climbing up this hill with uh, the Reapers already destroyed in the background, climbing up the snowy hill to find and uncover N7. So could we be seeing a return of Shepard back in the fold once again? Yes, it would be awesome to see a return of Shepard. But like, what excites me the most about this is the fact that like they are acknowledging the fact that the last original trilogy of games existed which is something they didn't really do in andromeda so that excites me about that well i'll tell you what i'm excited for as well that's mass effect it's a truly great adventure i'm hoping for again it looks like more and more that it's going to be taking place at least a good percentage of it per se in the milky way in the universe that we know of with the mass effect trilogy that was such a great success for them whether or not they'll touch on the Andromeda part of it, that we'll wait and see. Maybe as DLC, maybe as additional storytelling, I'm not so sure. But they did showcase the Andromeda galaxy in the beginning of the actual trailer. So it's nice how they paid at least some type of kudos, even though the Mass Effect Andromeda obviously did not turn out as well as they had hoped. But we're looking forward to Mass Effect, the game, coming in two, three, four years down the line. We'll see how long that's going to happen. Hopefully won't have the same kind of turnaround that we saw from Cyberpunk 2077, which was originally announced in 2012 and just came out. And see that it has a lot of bugs with it already. And a lot of people are upset with that, especially if you've got a PS4 or Xbox One. But again, touching on all the great things that are there. If you have any thoughts on anything that went on with the Game Awards, we'd love to hear your thoughts popculturecosmos at yahoo.com or anything that went on in the Disney investors meeting, please let us know popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Thanks so much for listening on today's program. Want to go ahead and let everybody know for our entire conversation on Disney's investors day, 2020, get prepared on Wednesday to go ahead and listen to our entire conversation on Disney's investor day, 2020, that's coming up on Wednesday. We're going to drop that episode on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel wherever you get your podcasts. Well, Marcus had to run. We talked so much about Disney's Investor Day. He had to run. And I do want to thank him for stopping by. And you will see him and hear him again on this Friday's episode of the PCC Multiverse. But Josh, so much to talk about. In fact, we went way over our deadline on what we were going to do. So I'm going to have to put this entire Disney Investor's Day conversation in and of itself in a whole context. I'm going to go ahead. If anybody out there wants to listen to it, it'll be coming up on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel, wherever you get your podcast on Wednesday. So we're just going to go ahead on Monday's episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos and touch on the best of, so to speak. So I'll go ahead and take snippets of it. But any last thoughts 
on the way out. Yeah, I got two actually. One from the Game Awards, Ghosts and Goblins coming back. Really excited about that on the Switch in February. Also, for comic book fans, now that we're on the subject of Marvel, if you get a chance, check out Spider-Man Bloodlines. It's a Spider-Man story that started back in February, and it just ended last week, and it's written by J.J. Abrams and his son. Really, really great story about Spider-Man's son taking up the mantle of Spider-Man. Really cool. Check it out. And I do want to go ahead and thank you and Marcus for sticking around so long discussing as much as we could the Disney's Investor's Day. But basically, if you're a fan of the Disney properties, you're going to get a lot thrown at you in the next three, four years. So I know you're looking forward to it, as am I. There's so much that they didn't announce. And that's the scary part, is that not only was all the stuff coming at you right there, but there's so much more coming to Disney+, Plus, Hulu, FX, and of course, a movie theater near you in the not-too-distant future from Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, Pixar, and so much more. So Josh, Marcus, and I want to thank you so much for stopping by and listening. And if you have any questions, please hit us up, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. So for Marcus De La Garza... And for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great We're the Con Guys, as in Comic-Con, and this is the Con Guys Show, coming at you straight from the heart of Hollywood, California, with the news, celebrity interviews, and fun-loving opinions to help fuel your passions. We are your ultimate insiders, filmmakers, writers, actors, costumers, gamers, panelists, but most of all, we are fans. And whether it's sci-fi, collectibles, comic books, gaming, animation cosplay or fan conventions if you love it we cover it your behind the scenes look at all things con you're listening to a weeby geeks network podcast this has been a broadcast of the eso network be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our eso patreon or by shopping for the t public store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.